Hello, and welcome to BeyondTheBaselines.com podcast, coming to you from Vero Beach, Florida and Marion, Massachusetts, hosted by Ed Shanafee, USPTA professional and international businessman. This is the podcast that researches and looks at the club management and facility side of our business. Welcome to the BeyondTheBaselines.com podcast. I'm Ed Shanafee, and I'm your host. Today... We start our 2021 podcast series, albeit a bit early, a couple of weeks early, but it's a series focusing on directors of tennis in our industry, and it's just so important. It's titled, From the Desk of the Director. It's a podcast series which I think any director, general manager, club governor, or even a committee member will find truly exciting and educational. Chris Gale, the director of tennis at River Oaks Country Club in Houston, Texas, joins me on the microphones. Chris is one of the most accomplished directors of tennis in the nation. Hailing from Australia, Chris came to the States with dreams of being one of the best in the business, and through incredible hard work, education, and diligence, he's done just that. River Oaks is a monstrous club with 4,500 equity members and a teaching staff of 15. With his 16 courts filled from sunrise at 6 a.m. all through the morning, and then again in the evening throughout the year, Yes, throughout the year, not just seasonally, Chris oversees and supervises one of the major private club programs in the country. But he earned his stripes long before at Duxbury Yacht Club up in Massachusetts, where I met him almost five years ago. Turning that job into a year-round one by becoming the paddle pro and creating a director of rackets position, Chris made one of New England's finest yacht clubs a destination where memories were created and summers were full of fun and great tennis. But before I let Chris take us on a voyage of learning and advising, I would like to remind our listeners that we have revised and redesigned our burgeoning website and offerings at beyondthebaselines.com. All that we do in regard to consulting, managing, leasing, and owning facilities is there at your disposal. And if our website doesn't answer all your questions, please feel free to write me, and the team at beyondthebaselines at gmail.com or give us a call at the office here in Massachusetts on 508-538-1288. Let's gather that data, educate ourselves on your facility, and bring the magic of what we can accomplish together in 2021. And now, straight from Houston, Texas and River Oaks Country Club, here's one of the best directors of tennis in the USA and one of my very good friends. Here's Chris Gale. On the line with me today, I've got Chris Gale. He's the director of tennis at River Oaks Country Club down there in Houston, Texas. And we're really glad to have him here. He's one of the most experienced directors I know. And uh, thanks for being here, Chris. Uh, welcome to the podcast. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Oh, you you bet. Just wanted to start with an easy question of going back to your youth, um, your first position teaching tennis. Where was it and why did you choose to do it? Oh, wow. That's not an easy question, Ed. That's... Oh. Uh, that's a that's a great question. I um I first started at this this very large public club uh, in Boston. Um, it was it was a massive massive multi-purpose facility. I was fresh off the boat from Australia, and and I I was looking for a, a, a tennis job. So passionate about it, and um, I got offered this this job at this at this club, and 
um, I had different visions than what the job was. I was actually hired as the activities director. Okay. So for tennis, the tennis side of things, as a young guy, I was running all of the, the social activities for the whole year for, for, for that club and its, its, um, its members. And I had visions that I was going to, I wanted to come in and teach tennis, just like all the other tennis pros were, uh, get on the court, teach, and then, and then kind of be done. But with, with this position here, it was, it was really creating a lot of interest and, and a lot of vibrancy for participation in all of these social events and activities at this club, which, which hadn't really had that many. So, so what happened from it is I ended up just being at that club all the time, promoting events, walking around the, the fitness area, the, uh, the racquetball area, the tennis area, the swimming area, everywhere saying, Hey, you know, promoting you, you coming on Friday night to, to our Friday night social event. And I think that it was, it was a phenomenal job for, for me in so many ways developmentally without even knowing it at the time. Um, because, it, it put me in front of people. It taught me how to promote because without people participating in these social events, it was, it was, nothing was going to be successful. So um, it really, it really taught me the value of being present and also being interactive with the membership and, and, you know, really creating a positive buzz. And it put me in front of people. Uh, I, I attended managers meetings. So I, I got to see the intricacies and hear about the intricacies of the club um, and it really, it was, it was really interesting, Ed, because coming in, like I said, I was disappointed. I wanted to teach and, and really get on the courts and, uh, in a roundabout way, very quickly, because I was so present at the club, my lesson book filled you know, to, to capacity. So right. it was a huge positive for me. And, and just seeing all of these people have such a great time on a tennis court with each other in a, in a socially competitive environment. It was great. So, so the, I think the biggest thing that I, I learned from it and, and I still carry around with me with this day is that you know, the energy that you put out there and the positiveness and how you are, it comes back to you, you know, and those are the people that, that, that come to you. They're usually pretty, pretty positive and, and very excited to, to get on a tennis court with you. So um, great first question and, and that <laughs> brings back fantastic well memories. Well, there you go. You're, the first job is always a great one. And, and it's funny that you should say that you were at the club from dusk or from dawn till dusk and you're there all the time. Well, guess what? As the director of tennis, director of rackets, we're there all the time. There is no time off. And I don't know if you can explain that any better, but, you know, your, your phone might ring at seven o'clock at night with someone saying my partner can't play tomorrow in tomorrow's league match. And it's your, it falls onto your desk, no matter what it falls on your desk. And it sounded like your first job was kind of almost a director's job in a way. Uh, obviously you've grown to, you know, to be a director at one of the best clubs in the country, putting that in perspective, as you said, your energy and, and, and to keep people uh, apprised uh, of what you're doing is probably your number one priority as a director number two you said my lesson book was full but that's secondary to making sure that people understand your programming am i right in, in saying that there's no doubt there's no doubt and then with with your programming or your events or whatever it is that you're you're really specializing in it if there's a passion in what you do with with that there's people people really do do get that that, that they're astute they know hey if there's this guy has this much passion in his programming or his 
staff development or these events, he's going to have the same passion on a tennis court and, and they're willing to try it. And when you do have that same passion on the court with your teaching, it's, I mean, it's, it's a recreational activity and these people are choosing to come in their, in their time off and their, their recreation time. So they deserve nothing, but that level of, of energy and excitement and positive and, and engagement. Right. No, I, I totally agree. So as, as, a, as after your first job, obviously, you, you, I think you ended up at the Dunes Club out there in Narragansett, Rhode Island. Yep. What's that like? That's like a, you know, that's a similar job to mine as a director where it's a, it's a destination club. Um, how do, how would you, you've worked at year-round clubs like you are now. How would you put into perspective a destination club versus a year-round club and how are the, how are some clubs different from others in terms of difficulties or you know sharpness of season the close close quick season versus a year-round club how do you how do you put those in perspective i mean it, they're a whole different kettle of you know it's it's a it's a whole different ball game it's it's if you look at it especially like you said a, a destination club you know and and the dunes club is 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 probably a a 65, 35 destination and, 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 and resident club um, percentage wise. So I think so that 65, what, 65% of the people who show up in the summer don't live there in year round where, where the club I would, is. I would say when I was there, it was around about that. And, and especially, um, you know, people coming in for, for short bursts. So for a week at a time or two weeks at a time. So, I think that the thing is, and, and I, I mean, it's it, at a year-round club, it should be the same as well, but you just can't let your guard down. And, and you need to be prepared for, for a 10 or a 12-week program in the summertime to, to knock it out of the park every time you step on the court and every time you engage with a member. Because those, that, those clubs where they are literally open for three months for tennis, they, those are a prized possession to be a member at, you know, for, for these people, this is, this is those, those locations are something that is so important for these people to get to and unwind. You know, we had a lot of people from Manhattan that would come up to, to the Dunes club in, in Rhode Island. And, and you could literally see them over the course of hours, the, the tension out of their body releasing, you know? So, so this is, these clubs are so important for, for lifestyle and balance of life and just life in general for these people. So I think that the way I always described it is, is, is that once school got out, right here, here comes the tidal wave of activity. And, and it's, it's just, you know, nose to the, nose to the grindstone for, for the next, you know, 10 weeks. And then, and then at the end of it all, you can, you can get your head back above the surface and take a nice deep breath. But it's so rewarding in so many ways. Ed, it, you know, the work, the hard work pays off, Literally, you know, financially, if you if you put the work in, usually at the end of the summer, you're you you've had a good a good a good financial um, remuneration, and um, and then the other thing is, is to me, there was always such a huge sense of satisfaction that the program did go well. It didn't it didn't have any major uh, major flaws or bumps, and all my events were well populated, and all my clinics were well populated, and but most importantly, when when people left to go back to their their uh, their homes. Mm-hmm. A lot of a large percentage of them would co- go out of their way to say, "Hey, just want to let you know, it was it was great. It was a great summer," and yeah. and that's that's a reward within itself, right there. I I always said to myself because um, 
I see it as creating a memory for those kids, especially because the summers mm-hmm. are so important as, as kids and you're creating a summer memory. I know I, at Duxbury, you guys have, you know, the Yacht Club there and you have that show that every year there's a show on the stage inside the Yacht Club. That's a memory that a kid takes away. And we do the same thing in tennis. I've always called it to my staff exactly what you said. I said, you know, I know what day the Massachusetts schools get out this year. It's June 17th. I know mm-hmm. that's the day. And it's, I call it the 100 day war. Guys, you're going to give me 100 days of your life right now. I'm going to give 100 days of my life to you all you know, and my staff. And that's how we look at it. Unfortunately, with COVID, I think it's getting more than 100 days. Oh, <laughs> we're going to be open, you know, starting May 1st, probably of course you're going to be in. And, and we stopped teaching this year, November 1st, which is yeah. unheard of to be outdoors in, in New England on November 1st. But you're exactly right. I, I think that if you don't give 100% for those, that, that amount of time, you know, it's only a portion of the year, whether it be three months, four months, five months now, it's it, it financially it helps, but it, it, long term the members are going to respect you even more, and that's how you keep your job there. There's no doubt, and I think that you hit a, a very very important nail on the head by by with the with the the children's experience for the summer. They've just worked extremely hard at school for for nine months, and they finally mm-hmm. get their long long well deserved piece of ch- you know chunk of time off. Mm-hmm. Um, what a balance it is, Ed to to create a program of, of really, really high integrity so that children are coming onto the court and learning and developing and getting better at tennis, but also loving it and having a great time and, and enjoying it because they've earned it. You know, it's, it's, a, they, it's, it's, it's a summer where they deserve to have a very, very enjoyable time on the tennis court, as they always should. So that balance becomes even more precious, I think, in those, in those summer country clubs. different from where you are now so let me just ask you this question when when you left Duxbury which is and we'll come back to Duxbury what you went from there and you had been year-round I mean it became a year-round job at Duxbury but when you went down to River Oaks what was the biggest difference that you found I mean obviously it's, it's north-south divide year-round versus you know maybe not year-round tennis divide what was the biggest one difference that you could put your finger on yeah it's and that to me is a the, the difference is was was very clear, Ed, right from the start, and it's just the sheer magnitude of River Oaks Country Club. There's, it's just a big, robust country club. There's four and a half thousand members here. Uh, it's 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 one of the most robust tennis programs I've ever seen, um, and and from all aspects, whether it's programming or just play. Um, you know, we have we have sixteen courts here, and regularly there. They're full for, for upwards of three to six hours a day, depending on you know, the two, two crunch times, you know, and, and, and those busy periods of, of time are 6 a.m. in the morning. I've, I've never seen more people on a tennis court at 6 a.m. in the morning than I have here. And um, for like 6 a.m. till 10 and then uh, like four in the afternoon through till 6.30, you know, so, so a good solid okay. six and a half hours a day. We're seeing uh, probably four days a week, um, 16 courts all being being utilized which is fantastic so i think the magnitude of it is, is is the is the is the word and the thing that stands out the most ed it's it's yeah. um it's it and then and then pre-covid the the number of 500 plus 
uh, gatherings and, and functions that will be catered to here at the club. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's just a whole, whole different, different ball game. And, and you know, with, game. yeah, with weddings and corporate outings and things of that nature, it's just, um, it, it's a well-oiled machine and it starts from the top out. I think our, our, um, general manager is, is, is the best in the business and he sets the tone and, um, it's, it, it, it goes, goes through to, you know, to, to everybody at the club that 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 ethic and that that work mindset but um but you know that it's it's funny that's the biggest difference ed but the, the the biggest commonality is that no matter what the size of the club the membership just cherishes the club and loves it like it, it's an extension of their home and right i think i think that's something that i've i've just loved so much with 24 years of being in the the private club and the country club industry is that there is such a sense of pride of of from the membership to their club. And, and that's, that's precious because it, it just drives me to, to want to deliver the most exemplary program that they can possibly get. That's fantastic. I, I remember when you left Duxbury and, and, and New England, I was, I, was, I was really sad because we had a great relationship. Our two clubs, your club, former club, Duxbury and Sipkin, probably play one of the oldest cups or uh, trophies in, in New England. And it's a, it's a real... It was a real uh, loss to lose you down there to the to the Texans, but uh, you you made a a great great start of it, and I'm sure you're doing really well down there. It's a it's a huge job and a fantastic club, and we wish you all the best, of course. Well, thank you. What, you're welcome. But when when you left Duxbury and you go down there to uh, River Oaks, totally as you said, and this the magnitude of it brings me on to my next question. Obviously, your staff is 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 completely different. You have a much bigger staff. Did the club down there allow you to direct dealy with your staff, direct dealy with their percentages, direct dealy with their contracts? How does that work? And take us through like your staff tree. Like, is there a director of junior rackets? Is there a director of adult tennis? Take yeah. us through that and how you dealt with hiring and, and uh, starting that, that, that big team up. Well, well, great, great question. And, and in getting to, to, you know, upon arrival at River Oaks Country Club, Within, I think, the first 10 days, the, the current director of junior tennis received the director of tennis position. So I lost him almost immediately. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> and then uh, I'm one of our more seasoned tennis professionals here, a very popular guy, uh, decided about two weeks after our director of junior tennis left that, that he wanted to pursue his Padel uh, career, um, oh. being, being a, a highly, highly ranked player in that. So immediately i lost two very key components but um right i think that the tough thing ed was was to 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 stand by my 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 thoughts and my philosophies of of not having a knee-jerk reaction and just hiring someone to fill it um really you know those positions really really doing the the correct uh procedural work and and finding the right fit culturally for the staff culturally for the uh, for the membership and the tennis program here, obviously a fit personality wise and skill wise um, and, and experience wise. And, and that was, that was a difficult thing um, because it was a long process, but, but in doing so we really got the right, right people in here and, and it's made it flourish. So um, I'm really proud of what, what, what's been created here. And we have 13 tennis professionals on staff and um what what we've what I've tried to create is an internal managerial system where someone can come in as an entry level or as their first job as an assistant tennis professional and potentially spend their whole career at River Oaks Country Club and work their way um, through a, a 
a, a staffing managerial pyramid that would be extremely rewarding. So, so it's a, it's a pyramid where there's myself as director of tennis, there's mm-hmm. two assistant director of tennis. Um, one of them is the, the director of adult tennis. And the other one is a very unique position where he encapsulates not only the director of junior tennis, but the director of instruction. Um, okay. So uh, then there's two head assistant tennis professionals, which mm-hmm. are kind of like um, the, the right hand man and woman for, um, for the, the director and myself and the, um, the two assistant directors. Uh, then we have tennis professionals and then we have assistant tennis professionals. So uh, there is a pyramid there and, and, and coming in as, a, as a, an assistant tennis professional at, at River Oaks Country Club, you can start there and work your way to being a tennis professional and then a head assistant tennis professional and then, uh, you know, a, an assistant director of tennis and, and hopefully one day a director of tennis here and have a very rewarding career. So it's, a, it's, it's something that, that, that I'm very proud of and, and I think that it, it creates a lot of um, – motivation and, and also chemistry you know it, it's it's uh it's a great pathway for this this professional staff that's that's a that's a great story because obviously you know continuity is so important so when you took over you lost part of that but now you've regained it with your hiring and and your in your progressive scheme uh, of the pyramid which is fantastic let me ask you about your you know a, a large part of this when you take over a job, as big as, as River Oaks and, and as, um, and, and as in its breadth, it's an enormous job because you have so many different demographics. How does, I guess you have a tennis committee there. How does the, how do you feel you should liaise with the tennis committee? What should they be helping you with? What shouldn't they be helping you with? Is there, is there a good communication and how do you view liaising with the tennis committee on, on ideas of, Hey, I want to, create this position how do you go about doing that that direct question i want to create this position director of instruction who do you go talk to uh that that would be our 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 general manager um okay he's he's like i said one of the greatest in the business and and he's the the direct report that i have um we it is a it is a large program here and we have a tennis committee uh, and the tennis committee really is, is something that, uh, or a, a, a governing board that we discuss tennis operations. Uh, so yeah, staffing, uh, uh, the, the quality of, of the, of the facility and, and, and things of that nature and, uh, where we need to make improvements in, in, in tennis and, uh, and, and budgetary, um, aspects, things of that nature. But we also have a ladies and a men's tennis association board. Uh, so the ladies tennis association board is strictly for all, all social events, uh, as is the men's tennis association board. So we have, th- we have, we have very specified boards for, for, for areas of the club. Uh, so, so when we have a, 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 say for example, a ladies tennis association meeting, we're talking about the social events of that year, uh, and the ones that are upcoming, you know, what we need to be doing for them, how we need to be going about them, things of that nature. But to answer your question directly with the tennis committee, it's a lot of porting. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and it's a lot of here's where our program is going. And, and this is how we're going to move forward with it, uh, with your support. Um, so it's, 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 a, it's a fantastic setup in that aspect because every one of them on the, on the tennis, every one of the, the, the board members on the tennis committee has such a vested interest in tennis and 
so with the specific focus of the tasks at hand and what it is that we really need to be focusing on, it's very, very, it's very fluent. It's very fluent. And we meet, and we meet four times a year. huge program there with a big pyramid of staff and this is a question I get every time I go into a club and discuss consulting for them issues they're having with their director how do you break down how many hours you spend on the court and how many hours you spend on the administrative side and I know every job is different but given River Oaks and maybe take another job that you've had in the past and, and say how it's different but a lot of clubs now are limiting the number of hours a director can spend on the court. And one of the biggest questions I have is, hey, we've got a great teaching pro here. He's a great court guy, but should we limit him and make him do administrative duties? And if we don't, will he just spend his entire time or her entire time on the court? What's your view on that question? Yeah, it's a, and, and River Oaks Country Club is one of the clubs that, that limits the amount of hours I can do on the court. And I have a passion for being on the court still, and I love it. And, and uh, so it's, 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 to me, though, Ed, it's just such an important balance because there's, there's all of your, your long-term planning and your foresight that you're doing for your programming, uh, for, for events, for, progr- for adult and junior programming, ladies' teams, tournaments, things, everything. You, 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 know, there's, you, you, you know what's in front of you and you're preparing for it and you have your your, your timeline of, of when uh, promotions go out, marketing goes out, uh, when deadlines are, things of that nature, you know, getting prizes and, and organizing courts or whatever it is that you need to do. But then you throw in the curveballs that get thrown your way and, mm-hmm. and on day-to-day operations, that's time-consuming as well. So being highly organized off the court for a director of tennis is, is so, it's imperative. It's absolutely imperative because the larger scale, the operation, you do get a lot of curveballs uh, and you do get a lot of uh, things, you know, just come up, so to speak, per se. So, so managing those and, 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 and having them managed and really effectively so that the membership never sees it, I think that's key. Uh, yeah. I, I think it's, it's every operation that runs extremely smoothly on the outside. No one sees the amount of work on the inside that goes to, to, to make it look so smooth and work so smoothly. So, um, I think it's really important. I think it's really important that, it, that there is a fine balance and you hit, the, you hit the nail on the head. Every club is different. You know, at Duxbury Yacht Club, I, during the busiest time of the year, I tried to never, ever go more than 25 hours a week. And I would take blocks of certain days out where I would uh, be, be off the court intentionally, same time every week so that I could communicate with my pro shop manager or my you know, a, assistant director or whatever it was that needs to happen I could get that administrative side of it done. And right. by, by setting that precedence at Duxbury Yacht Club, no one, uh, after a couple of seasons, no one even requested lessons during those times be- from me because they just knew, hey, this is, this is the balance that Chris has. So, and it's, it's, it's the thing is, is that what works for 100 people you know, when, when, with your implementation of communication and administration works for 1,000 people. You know, it's, it's, it's just a, a bigger a bigger scale. And, um, but I think it's, it's really key that, that clubs recognize that a director of tennis isn't just an encore strength. 
Yep. I would I would like to think that they're hired because they have an incredible ability to to manage all aspects of being a tennis director or director of tennis uh, off the court as well. So there's a there's a big value in that, and I think clubs that have that perspective see the the best out of their director of tennis and the best out of their tennis program. No, I I, I completely agree, and 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 that's part of uh, what my mission was starting this podcast and starting my company was to say and educate those clubs and boards and committees that a director of tennis is really an administrative position. I obviously you have to be able to mentor your staff and show them how, you know, a good instructor operates on court and how a good manager can operate on court as well. But a large part in, in, in any company I go into a club, I go into or company because a lot of clubs are companies. I say, how are you, you know, uh, incentivizing your director of tennis to not be on court because mm-hmm. the, 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 the number one criteria is, is tennis. And, and, and we all think a director of tennis should be on the court teaching tennis. Well, not really in this day and age, it really has become a, a marketing, a business and administrative role, as you say. And, and I am not limited at, at, at my club at Sipican. However, I do limit myself to 25. It's a perfect number, 25 hours a week. I limit myself. And in honesty, it helps build my book because already I'm pretty booked for next year and people are yeah. clamoring to get in my 25 hours and that's it. Yeah. And um, it, it's like supply and demand. You know, it's the old economics 101. If you limit yourself, you, 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 the demand gets higher. It's um, true. And, and yeah. you know, I think, I think, Ed, the important thing, the, the, the big, big value I put on my on-court presence is that, yeah, you, you lead by example. You know, there's no doubt. What, the way I, I perform on a tennis court, I hope, draws the attention and, and motivates my staff. And, but the most important thing for me, Ed, is that when I get on the court, I'm not just getting out and doing private lessons. It's, I'm trying to incorporate myself in every aspect of the program. Women's teams, junior programming, junior privates, adult privates, group lessons, advanced players, beginners, you know, so that, that, that not only does the membership see that I'm more than willing to, to, to get out onto the court with every type of tennis player, but also the staff as well. I think that there's that, that, that sometimes you can come across some staff members that really feel that they have strength and strengths on the court and that's all they want to teach. Um, mm-hmm. But a lot of them have unknown strengths that they haven't tapped into, whether it's ten and under teaching or you know a women's beginner clinic, you know a, 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 a tennis instant tennis clinic, yeah, where four people come out and they've never picked up a racket before. I think that 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 diversifying yourself in all aspects of the program as a director is really important too, because then you get a real con- real connection with all aspects of the program. Yeah, and 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 that means every demographic of your membership too, That's, without a doubt. Yep. Hey, do you own the shop down there in River Oaks? No, 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 what a foreign, what a foreign feeling that that is for after having a shop for so long, you know, it's, but my gosh, we have an incredibly talented, uh, you know, tennis pro shop merchandiser and um, she does an absolutely fantastic job here. So I've really, really enjoyed being able to kind of drop the reins and have someone extremely gifted and talented to do it and, and take, take it and, uh, and me be able to when when she chooses or wants to, you know, come and come and ask me for my opinion, which is which is good. <laughs> Take, takes the stress out of it a little bit, you know. Yeah, obviously, um, it's uh, that takes you know the shop people don't understand how much time that takes. So to be able to have the club manage that is uh, when you have such a big program is probably a wonderful thing, I'm sure. 
when you look at the director of tennis job as a whole and you look at your pathway through uh, our industry what would you say would be your your biggest characteristic for a director to learn to become a director what you know when you're going through your you know assistant professional your junior assistant your professional your head pro jobs what would be the number one maybe two characteristics you would want to work on as you went through your own pathway and what would you recommend to other people on that pathway the the, the first thing that comes to my mind is be willing willing to learn be willing be willing to to be willing to uh, be present and mm-hmm. assist when you're not asked to. Uh, I feel so fortunate, and I, I firmly believe I had the two greatest mentors uh, in the tennis industry I possibly could. When when I was an assistant director of tennis, and um, for for these these two um, professionals that were directors at, at the clubs that I was at, and it was it was just I wanted to learn. And so if if they were putting together a, an event. Uh, they hadn't asked me. I'd be like, "What are you doing?" And they're like, "Oh, we have a we have a big mixed doubles event this weekend. I'm I'm just putting together the the rounds and the and the and the the draw." And I was like, "Oh, do you mind if I watch? Or how, can you explain mm-hmm. how you're doing that? Why would you do it that way? What's the scoring system? Oh, how how long are you going to have rotations for? Do we need food? You know, and just yep. just really being like very present and and wanting to learn from from these two great professionals. And um, one of them, I feel it was a perfect balance Ed, because one of them, I feel his on court presence was the greatest. He was, it was just brilliant. And, 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 and an inspiration to, to teach next to and watch and, and learn from. And, and um, equally as important uh, as we all know, was that my other mentor was the best off the court and, and in managing and motivating uh, uh, his staff and, and organizational, of the program and, you know, in all aspects of the program and, and um, how he just, he led, it was, it was brilliant. So that would, that would, if, if I had to do it all over again, I mm-hmm. would repeat that process without a doubt. Just, just, you know, and, and, I, and I still talk to these two guys to this day, you know, they're, they're still integral to me as, as someone to, to lean on and talk to. So um, I think that that, that would be extremely key, but also, be willing to to uh, to learn every aspect and and to really ed- be educated in every aspect of the tennis program and the rackets program. We should really call it now. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's with pickleball and and uh, platform tennis and padel. You know, it's it's becoming more and more rounded as a rackets profession. And uh, I think that that's that's the key. You know, is is it was not necessarily a tough pill for me to swallow because. At a young age, I thought I knew everything, but, but as soon as I recognized that these guys were just what, so above and beyond the knowledge I had, that was the greatest thing that happened to me. Yeah, I I remember, I mean, I still talk to my mentor in the business, and uh, he's a wonderful guy, and, and every time I have a question that I don't know the answer to, I, he doesn't always have the answer to either, but he does help help me think out the issue, or think out the way the format should be or think out the way that new members would view that program uh, chain. Things like that. Sometimes just having a conversation can create clarity, you know, without, without direct advice. So um, no, very fortunate. I think that, that um, having the the correct person to guide you and, and inspire you is, is, is key, not just in the tennis industry, you know, in in every professional industry. You know, communication 
as as you're just saying, uh, now you're the mentor, you know, hopefully to your uh, staff. But communication to members and staff is really important. How do you communicate most to your uh, to staff? Let's let's start with members. How do you communicate most to your members? Is it through email? Is it through phone calls? Or does it or through text? Do you have a text database? T- take us through like a normal day of communicating with your members. Uh, I'm old school, Ed. I I really am. I do. I most certainly do not have a text uh, communication. I mean, I will. Okay. I I think um, I think it's very convenient for a lot of people and. And I'll, I'll individualize texting to people who that's 100% their preferred method. Email is, is huge. Uh, I, I, I do weekly emails to, to all of the um, men's and ladies tennis associations with updates and uh, promotions and uh, just, just tennis news. Basically, every Friday it goes out. And I've loved it in, in the year and a half that I've been here. Uh, mm-hmm. It's been so fantastic to hear members come up to me and say, hey, I love those Friday emails. I ca- it kind of... It, 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 it makes my Friday, you know, it, it, it satisfies me to get a, a tennis email with, with what has happened in the past week and what's coming up the next week, you know? So um, I think that that's been, been well received and, and I'm really glad that I can provide that. And it's very simple, you know, it's, it's, an, it's a bulk email, but um, right. it's, it's important. Um, when I say I'm old school, Ed, I really, really think that, that with text messages and with emails, mm-hmm. they're, fa- they're fantastic for communicating. Um, you can't get tonage out of either of them. And, um, for me, I I think that, that one of the biggest things that I've taken pride in developing is, is, is figuring out very quickly when a phone call was necessary. You can achieve so much more in one phone conversation than you can in five or six emails going back and forth or text messages going back and forth. And, and, and you can really feel tonage, you know, and whether a, (laughs) a member is, is just inquisitive or are they truly, are they upset, you know? And, and then on the, on the vice versa, they can get a real good sense that there is a lot of sincerity with, with, with who you are and why you're making this phone call, you know, out of, because you care, you want this member to have the best experience possible every time they come to the club. So how can we make that happen? And I think that's, it's a fine balance with the communication, but I, I still believe a, a phone call and a phone conversation is, is, is the ultimate kind of like final destination on, on communication. Before I ask about me, uh, staff communication, so let's just take, and this is an internal question, um, but you have ladies teams there at River Oaks. You have a lady that wants to play with a certain lady, can't get, you know, th- th- they can't get together because they're not quite the same level or something like that. Is that a phone call normally? I mean, how would you deal with ladies teams? Do you, first of all, do you deal with ladies teams directly or do you firefight for somebody who's dealing with ladies teams? Do you have captains? How do you, how do you work the ladies teams there? Because for every director of tennis, that may be one of the crucial questions they have. Yeah, it is. It is. And, and ladies teams are a, are a fine balance uh, mm-hmm. from within and from, from what we do as tennis professionals, you know, that, that to keep chemistry and to keep, keep a, a positive environment. So um, to answer your question directly, we have striations of communication. We have captains that, that put out lineups um, mm-hmm. and, and uh, we'll, we'll do a lot of the communicating to the team. The next line of communication would be to our director of adult tennis that, that, that falls under her umbrella and then, and then to me, but uh, without a doubt, Ed, what's, what I've made it very clear to every member of this club is that if they feel that there's something important that they want to discuss, my door is always open. Uh, my, my email box is always open. My phone is, always, you know, you, you can reach me anyway, and I'm happy to, to address any situation, you know. Um, but, but again, I think that 
a lot more will get achieved, especially in something that that can be potentially uh, taken personally or or not well received. You know, if it's news that they don't want to hear, um, mm-hmm. I think a phone call can is is, is something that can really uh, kind of put out a, a spark before it becomes a fire. No, I I hear you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the ladies' teams uh, are are definitely uh, full of sparks. Now you can. Uh, manage them in many different ways, but I think having, as you say, a captain really does help on on, on each lady's team. Um, and then you can, you know, advise and consent with that captain, which actually helps because the last place you ever want to be is between two members as a director. And if, if you can set up a, a program where, as you have, where you are, you know, your open door policy, as I say, call it like the China open door policy is, is fantastic because they know they can't call you, but if they go through the lines of communication first, hopefully it gets sorted by then. And, and the spark is, is subdued uh, in terms of communicating with your staff. You obviously have a huge staff down there. Uh, I think you said 14 pros. Yeah, we um, have. Yeah, we have. We, so we have 13 staff members here to okay. part time on two part time on top of that. So, um, no, and communicate, and the line of communication with the staff is is equally as important as to the membership, if not more so. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. as as a staff, whether it's thirteen people or three people, it's this is the face of your program. This is what is delivering this incredible program to your members. So, um, I I value that line of communication with the staff, and and same thing, Ed. Every one of them knows that they can come to me with anything, whether it's it's uh, an issue, a positive thing, you know, a criticism, a concern, uh, personal, you know, anything. Come, come to me. I, I want to be extremely approachable and 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 be sincerely approachable. You know, where where they're it, they're not going to get uh, blown off or a cold shoulder. So that's very important for me. But same thing, I do a Friday email for my for, my, for the staff here as well, and and right. Just, Hey, you know, guys, we have a meeting next Wednesday. This is what's coming up. We've got this event here. How about we start promoting that? Uh, don't forget, you know, we've got two clay courts down for maintenance. Let's try and get our, our lessons on the hard courts if we can, if, 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 if members are ambivalent, what, you know, what court they're on. Just that sort of communication. But um, we meet every two weeks uh, on a Wednesday at 12 o'clock. We meet mm-hmm. uh, some, some weeks. It, they get they get noticed and it's an on-court staff development session or and, and other weeks it's it's just a, a a communication of of uh what's going on you know and just maintaining that line of communication um and i think that that's that's important i think it really is it gives a sense of team it gives a sense of um of growth as well you know i i when we do our staff development on court here it's not me standing in front of them saying well this is how you teach this is how you do this drill it's presenting a drill and saying okay so as a group, how would we progress this? How would we regress this so they could succeed at it? How would we spin off something from this? You know, it's it's all working as a big group to get the same goal and and reach that same goal, which is it's just delivering the the the, the highest level program to this membership here at River Oaks Country Club. Do you push your staff to go and get continuing education with USBTA PTR? What, what what's your feelings on that and going to conferences and finding out about the industry? I think that I think it's a it's imperative. You know, I think that, that you can't be looking around the corner and remaining dynamic without, without having, having this incredible wealth of knowledge from such an incredible, you know, a large group of talented professionals in, in this world that, that come to PTR and PTA conventions and, and um, development sessions. So um, 
one of the things that 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 I've really enjoyed, Ed, is that is that our general manager is 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 very open minded to bringing people here to the club mm-hmm. and and being able to hit all thirteen of our staff with a staff development session. So so last year uh, in early December, we we had uh, a representative from the USPTR come for two days uh, and and do a two day staff development for all of our pros, and and it was brilliant because every staff member got benefit from it in a major major way but it 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 didn't what it did is it prevented okay we can afford to have three of our staff members leave to go to the uspta or uspta uh conference and then we need and then we need you guys to come back and then relay what you learned from that conference to the rest of the staff it was cutting out that that middleman and just having great inspiration out on the court with with all of our staff and and, and again, same thing as a group developing together. So it really increased camaraderie and, um, and development all in, all in, in one beautiful big snowball effect. So mm-hmm. to answer your question very candidly, absolutely. I think that, that if you're not continuing to develop you know, via the, the PTA or the PTR or just within your own you know, staff, then um, there's an issue there. Yeah, we, we all need to continue to grow and develop. I, I couldn't say it better than you do. It's a, it's a, it's a task of a, direct, of a director to make that uh, as a mentor, to make that a you know, necessity. I think that's how you grow your staff in and outside the club. To, to wrap up, I want to ask you about the director of tennis position as it stands today. If you look back in our history of our, our wonderful history of country club tennis and, and the director of ra- uh, rackets, and you've already mentioned this a little bit, but really, 20 years ago, there was no director of tennis. It was called the head pro. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then over the last, I'd say, two decades, there's been this director of tennis position. And now, as you alluded to, a director of rackets position. Um, how would you see our position now versus 10 years from now? What do you think is going to happen to our position and, and change in at the country club level of uh, the leader of the tennis department, the department head, which is what a lot of general managers call us. How will that position change in the next five, 10, 15 years? Yeah, that's a, a great question. And, and I think that you are just so accurate with, with the, the lineage, you know, and, and the history with, with the head pros. Like, well, what we want is we want someone that's strong on the court and, and they're going to be here and they're going to deliver on court performance. That was has morphed into a director of, of, of tennis position where there is managerial, uh, more managerial sides to it. And, and I think that, that, that will continue to, to develop deeper and, and, you know, for use of titles and, and whether it's going to be a title or not, and rather than being director of tennis, you will be the chief executive officer of tennis. And mm. uh, it'll, it'll almost be a, a CEO position where you're, you're really, you know, having to be very astute with, budgets with with programming with uh maintenance if, if you have a clay court facility uh, court maintenance and the upkeep and and how to staff that correctly with with a with a, an appropriate uh clay court maintenance staff and staff development yeah i think that every director of tennis will need to be astute at developing their own staff and growing their own staff uh not only via the uspta or usptr but from themselves, you know, having that knowledge and, and, and being so well-rounded that they can inspire and grow their staff uh, from within. So I, I think that that's the simplest way I can, I can put it, Ed, you know, 10 or 15, 20 years or five years, who knows, you know, um, 
it'll be, like I said, whether it's that, that title or not, it'll be more of a CEO position. I love that you call it a CEO position because it really is, as I've always said, the tennis department is a business within a business. So you are the CEO of a business under the umbrella of the Travelers Insurance Group, wherever, you know what I mean? It's a, the country club is an umbrella and there are several businesses within that, within that business that um, the CEO would be required to fulfill. Yeah, Uh, without a doubt. Chris, it's been fantastic to catch up with you. Thank you so much for your time, your, your opinions, your thoughts, your, your knowledge base is incredible. We wish you all the luck down there in Texas. Well, we're going to miss you again in Massachusetts this summer. The, the tournament didn't happen this summer up there, but it will this summer. And I'm sure I'm going to miss you on the other side of the, uh, on the opposing side of the clubhouse. Well, the feeling is very mutual. And, and Ed, thank you so much for having me today. It's been a pleasure. Oh, you're welcome. And, uh, and, and be safe and be well. And hopefully we'll get through this COVID thing before the uh, summer hits us. Without a doubt. You too. Thank you for listening to the BeyondTheBaselines.com podcast. I'm your host, Ed Shanafee, and it's a pleasure bringing you every week news and views and great guests from our tennis and fitness industry. You can always reach me at beyondthebaselines at gmail.com or by phone at the office on 508-538-1288. Please do visit our website, beyondthebaselines.com, and on our site, there's a link to our Patreon page, which has even more information for you and your club and your facility in our wonderful industry. Thanks for listening. See you again soon.